I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Hey, welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Grateful to you for tuning in today for this reason. Uh, so much has happened since you and I last got together here on the airwave to talk about uh, this race amongst Democrats to receive the party's nomination uh, to run for president. It's been absolutely fascinating. We have seen so many different characters uh, present themselves in so many different forms. We've seen town halls. We've seen debates. Uh, we've seen uh, some of these rallies hosted here in Utah. Uh, as recently as just this morning, two of the major candidates, uh, Bernie Sanders at the State Fair Park and uh, Amy Klobuchar over at the depot. Now, when uh, Senator Klobuchar from Minnesota, when she took the stage, her supporters were there, anxious to hear from a candidate who would be going on to continue competing for her party's nomination. Uh, the news that we have heard since is that she intends uh, to do two things. Number one, withdraw from the race. And number two, throw her support behind former Vice President Joe Biden. That's absolutely fascinating, and I think it's been a long time coming. Uh, if I'm honest, uh, it, you know, good for Senator Klobuchar. She has uh, put up a, a valiant effort, but especially after the results of the South Carolina primary over the weekend, it really is time, uh, I think, for her to allow the field to narrow uh, and for those folks supporting her uh, to reposition themselves to possibly get behind the, uh, the candidate who eventually earned the nomination. Uh, and if South Carolina is any judge of things, that looks like uh, Joe Biden right now. Now, some of the polls, of course, have Bernie Sanders uh, leading the nation. But this all really uh, is meaningless until uh, tomorrow night, uh, Super Tuesday. You, you've heard us covering uh, Super Tuesday at great length here on these on these airwaves, and we'll continue to do so. In fact, uh, this evening, uh, I'm going to get together with Boyd Matheson and Doug Wright, and uh, the three of us for a few hours are going to go through some of the last things we need to consider as we walk into uh, Super Tuesday for the first time Utah participating in that contest where uh, over a third of the delegates will be handed out, uh, a third of states across the country uh, casting their vote. It's a big night and we're going to cover it here thoroughly. Let's look backwards a little bit uh, to Saturday, the South Carolina primary. The results, uh, you know them very well. Let me share with you uh, those again. In addition to that, I'll share with you some of the comments made by uh, the candidates who were at the time uh, participating. Some of them have since backed out, uh, but here's where things stand currently. Joe Biden. 
He earned 48.4% of the vote uh, among South Carolina primary voters uh, on Saturday. Now, in terms of a real number, that's over a quarter million, 256,047 individuals uh, who voted during the South Carolina primary for their Democrat choice uh, cast their votes for Joe Biden. Uh, Miles and miles behind him, uh, just barely missing out on 20% of the vote was Bernie Sanders, uh, earned just over 105,000 votes during that uh, primary challenge. Uh, But the the real story is in the the following two individuals Tom Steyer who uh, somehow gets 11.3 percent of the vote in South Carolina not long after that made it known that he was going to bail uh, he was no longer going to continue his race for the White House I said if I didn't see a path to winning that I'd suspend my campaign and honestly I can't see a path where I can win the presidency now, interestingly, when he addressed uh, his supporters and the nation and whoever was listening uh, that he was pulling out of the race, he was very matter-of-fact about it. Uh, he, he spoke in, in terms like the ones you just heard. Uh, I don't see a path, so I'm getting out. That's it. I'm taking my money. I'm going home. Now, Mayor Pete Buttigieg, South Bend, Indiana, former mayor out there, he also made the announcement that he'd be withdrawing from the campaign. Later on in today's program, we're going to walk through uh, at greater length the comments that he made. Uh, But let me play one of them for you now. He was... I'm not sure how to describe it exactly. Uh, He was was very graceful, uh, very powerful. Uh, And if I'm honest, he sounded a lot like uh, former President Barack Obama when campaigning for president. And so that begs the question, uh, why continue to present yourself in such a polished way, in a polished fashion, uh, speaking as eloquent and powerfully, and as most importantly of all, uh, so forward-looking? The comments that he was making uh, during his, what do you call it, not concession, but he's, I don't know, his quitting speech? I don't know. Uh, the, the types of language he was using uh, when he announced that he would be suspending his campaign were all looking forward and to the future and also celebrating the, the things that he had encountered and experienced during his campaign. A little bit of news for you about our flight. We're uh, making a change in our travel plans and traveling to South Bend rather than to Texas. Uh, we're going to be uh, making an announcement there about the future of the campaign. The announcement that he made, of course, was that he was pulling from the campaign. I wanted to play that clip for you because uh, it was absolutely fascinating. I saw it happen in almost real time. He was on a on his campaign plane, uh, you know, a privately uh, chartered jet, uh, and on that aircraft were all of the uh, various reporters assigned to covering uh, the Buttigieg campaign. And he walked back. Initially, everyone who had boarded thought they were going down to Texas. And he came back to the portion of the plane where the reporters were seated and said exactly what I just played for you. Uh, Listen, folks, we're changing course. The flight plan has changed. We're going to head to South Bend, Indiana. There's a big announcement coming. And it was right then, of course, that, uh, you know, word got off the plane that he would likely be suspending his campaign. And he did go on to give about a 20-minute speech where he uh, spoke at great length uh, to his supporters and to everyone watching at home. And if I'm honest, my only interpretation uh, of that that I can come away with is that he uh, has his eyes on Joe Biden. 
Why? Because he wants to serve alongside him as vice president. Is it possible? Is that prediction realistic? I don't know, uh, but it makes sense to me. And I'll make a, a better case for why I think uh, that is so later on in the program. Uh, producer Amy has done a great job and pulled uh, much of the audio from the Pete Buttigieg uh, speech that he gave announcing the end of his campaign. Uh, there are some fascinating things in there, and you're going to hear uh, some some tones of, of Barack Obama uh, when he was running for president. Uh, let's uh, Before we go to break, let me share some of the things uh, spoken by former Vice President Joe Biden. He uh, is rolling into Super Tuesday, still in campaign mode, of course, coming off his victory uh, in Saturday's South Carolina primary. Uh, Biden took the stage at his campaign event at Booker T. Washington High School uh, in Norfolk, Virginia. That's just yesterday, calling on Democrats for support uh, for, for supporting him uh, for the nomination. Just days ago, the press and the pundits declared my candidacy dead. Now, thanks to the heart of the Democratic Party in South Carolina, I'm very much alive. Yeah, very much alive in his battle, really, with Bernie Sanders. Is there anyone else left in, in the race, really, there? We're, we're, we're going to keep an eye on Elizabeth Warren, who continues uh, very strong and and this is something you got to pay attention to. We, throughout this conversation, have yet to mention uh, Mayor Mike Bloomberg. He spent over half a billion dollars in his efforts so far and has yet to appear on a primary ballot or participate in a caucus. That all changes tomorrow uh, during Super Tuesday. The coverage of that uh, will, of course, continue here on these airwaves. Uh, looking forward to tonight getting together uh, with Doug Wright and Boyd Matheson as we look forward to Super Tuesday. Uh, that's all coming up uh, today and tomorrow. Our coverage continues. In the next segment, we're going to talk to Scott Howell, good friend of mine, of course. He uh, occupies a very interesting position. He is uh, pretty much my go-to guy uh, on the, the Democrat debates, uh, he himself being uh, a former Utah State Senator, member of the Utah Debate Commission, uh, a Democrat himself. He is also uh, a big fan and supporter of Joe Biden. So in the next segment, we're going to be Speaking with Scott Howell, we're going to be talking about Joe Biden, and that's all coming up here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.